I don't want to say it was easy, but there was an aspect where it was just it was just so beautiful. It just so it was so easy. Um, I, I just loved every minute of it. So I, you know, in many ways, like I didn't really run into too many problems. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. I did not get a chance to properly test my bike out with my gear, and um, my parents they dropped me off at the at the Sydney terminal, and I basically loaded my bike for the first time with completely loaded. And I pushed my bike five feet, and I went, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Oh crap!" I just—I literally died inside. The bike was too heavy. That's Ari Hugerbrug, and this is the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Hola, Steve, and Bike Pack Canada. Tavi and Matt calling in from Colombia. Uh, we just finished an amazing climb through uh, some really dense jungle and gravel road, no cars, listening to nothing but uh, my breath and the amazing bird life here. Uh, we're just done about 1,700 meters and 50 kilometers, which seems to be par for the course here. Uh, cycling in Colombia is definitely incredibly beautifully difficult. So uh, we have a you know, 15 kilometer downhill to our hotel, which will be beautiful. So we better get going. So adios, amigos, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Hello again, friends, and welcome back to the Bike Pack Canada podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Matt and Tabby, thanks for sending that voice intro in. Um, his email said that he was thinking about us here at Bikepack Canada and all of our community, and he wanted to send us a voice intro, and I'm so happy he did. We're going to be having a conversation, I hope, when he gets back to Canada. Uh, they rolled into Bogota a couple of days ago, and um, yeah, I'm really look- looking forward to catching up and uh, having a chat. Um, you know, I have a little bit of a, uh, I have a little bit of uh, excess conversations that I want to get out because there's lots of stuff coming down the line, and I don't want to get too far behind. I know people are really looking forward to hearing from uh, uh, Mark Sinclair. Uh, so I have a conversation with him coming up. Uh, and I've also reached out to uh, RJ Sawyer after he just finished, I believe last night, he just finished his uh, Atlas Mountain Race without a few challenges. And I can't wait to talk to him about it. Um, he had a major mechanical and uh, he was trying to get that fixed. Uh, looks like in a makeshift shop and it didn't look like it worked out, but I think he found a solution. He got some parts and he was able to finish that journey and I'm super stoked for him. Congratulations, RJ. Uh, I also know that Jenny Tuff has come in as I believe the first female finisher of the Atlas Mountain Race. Congratulations, Jenny. Uh, I've also reached out to you. So please get back to me. I'd like to talk to you. And of course, the winner, the male winner is uh, Sofian Seili, who I've had on the podcast before. I've also reached out to him and we had a bit of a chat online he's taken off for the weekend probably for some rest and recovery and i'm hoping to have a conversation with sofian asap and as soon as i do i will get that out to you i've also had the pleasure of talking to trish holt uh, a lot of you know trish from the bike pack canada summit um she's had a very adventurous life on lots of different tours and we had a chat uh, a couple weeks ago and i'm looking forward to getting that out to you guys as well um, again if you have any feedback guest suggestions or voice intros you can send them to bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com send those in to me and i will get them on the show and i really appreciate it i like hearing from you guys 
it's so fun to hear uh, the adventures you're on and what you're planning. And I know summer is just around the corner. Well, spring. Spring is just around the corner, and I know that there's going to be a lot of plans going on. Um, my wife just got approval for the days off that uh, over the weekend of the BC Epic, so I feel pretty stoked that uh, the path has been cleared uh, for me personally to uh, do the BC Epic again this year, and I'm really, really excited about it. So yeah, anyway, lots of conversations coming up. Uh, stay tuned. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and to support us, you can head on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen to our uh, lovely podcast on and give us a five-star rating. You can do that. And we also like hearing the reviews. Uh, it helps us go, uh, helps us grow. And um, we really appreciate it. So keep them coming. So today on the podcast, I bring you Ari Hugerbrug. Ari's riding to Argentina, but he's got to ride across Canada first. And he started in November. Uh, you can follow Ari on uh, Facebook. Uh, his last name spelt H O O G E R B R U G G E. You can go check him out. And uh, one thing that's quite notable about his journey so far is the kindness of strangers he's been experiencing. It's quite motivational, quite inspiring, actually. And uh, yeah, we had a chance to catch up a couple weeks ago, and I wanted to share the conversation with you. So without further delay, I bring you Ari Hugerbrook. Hey Ari. Hey Steve, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. So Halifax, hey? Yeah, I'm in Halifax. Awesome. How's the weather out there? Um, well, admittedly I haven't been outside. You know, it is winter and everything. <laughs> yeah, you, you probably need a break from all the um, outside time you've had. Actually, you know what? I, I, I admittedly I, I'm raring to get back on the road. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, this is kind of my first, like, big, big city, in a way. Yeah. Um, so it, uh, there's a few things I got to do, and um, I arrived a couple days ago, and uh, I had a guy that's been following me from day one, really anxious to see me, so, you know, I was pretty preoccupied with his, at his place for almost two days, and then I went somewhere else, and I've actually scored, I'm in this empty apartment, like it's in a house, yeah. But they're renting it out, and I haven't even met them yet. But uh, basically, it's an it's an empty house, so I kind of just sort of get myself a little bit organized because you know when you're on the road for so many days, and then you're kind of going from ho one host to the next host to the next host, it, it just gets um, uh, it's kind of hard to get some things done. Just you know what I mean, just because you're in someone else's home. Yeah, and you probably and, have to visit, and you got stories to tell, and oh, yeah. Till all hours in the morning, and uh, now it's like I, I've actually literally this is like my own hotel room. That's nice. So, yeah, That's I mean great. I've got it till I've got it till Tuesday. So nice to have a little bit of a little bit of privacy. Get yourself cleaned up and get ready Absolutely. for the next leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was actually talking about you yesterday because uh, I was talking to uh, Brian Sklarchuk. I think that's how you pronounce his name. So okay. he, he's in Manitoba, and and uh, we were just talking about kind of the bikepacking scene across Canada and how, sure. you know, since, since starting the podcast here, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of been spreading. Like it's, it's, it's that, that, uh, that, uh, center being kind of in the Rockies is really spread out, thankfully. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of people from, you know, from your neck of the woods in Ontario and Manitoba. Now it's, it's awesome. So, uh, what's your story, man? What's going on with you? Where are you from? I'm from Grimsby, Ontario, Grimsby, just outside of Hamilton. Okay. And uh, you're 
always always been a cyclist or is bike packing a new thing to you or uh no well i mean well when i was a child i you know had the bmx but you know nothing special and then as an adult i um uh, someone introduced me to mountain biking trail riding and i actually had a a pretty sweet downhill bike back in the day well i still actually have it a, a diablo yeah um a brody diablo oh nice uh yeah, no, it was, a, it was a, I still actually have it, but it it's, hasn't been ridden the way it's meant to be ridden in many, many, many years. Yeah. Um, and then uh, in 2011, I was making my way west and um, I, I tried hitchhiking initially and, and that that worked initially pretty good for the first few days uh, until I got to northern Ontario. And then I had to take the Greyhound all the way to Calgary and I thought, what am I going to do now? And so I, I walked into a bike shop in Calgary. Actually, I first walked into Mech, told them I needed a touring bike, but I didn't want drop-down handlebars. And they said, well, we don't got what you want, but there's another bike shop five minutes down the road. So I went to that bike shop and told them the same thing. And they're like, no, we don't got what you want. But they're like, another bike shop is five minutes down the road. And it was just so weird that these bike shops kept passing me on to the next one to the next one. Yeah, all you have to do is put a flat bar on there, take the drops off, put a flat bar on, no big deal. You know... all I did was walk into the front door, told them what I wanted, and they passed me on to the next bike shop. Interesting. And I think I got to the third or the fourth bike shop, and he's like, well, let me see what we got. And uh, he picked, yeah, he, I don't know what it was. I guess it's kind of like a hybrid. I'm not too familiar with all the different makes and this and that, but it was. I guess it was kind of like a hybrid. I know some touring guys look at me and say, you did a 6,500-kilometer bike ride with that bike? <laughs> said, yeah, and they're like... And they just sort of shake their head and whatever, but it, it, it was black and it didn't have drop down bars. So it was kind of cool looking. I just put two rear bags and I went back to Mech and I bought a Bob trailer and that's, and I, and I did a 6,500 kilometer bike ride. Uh, just, I just, I just started pedaling. So where did you, um, where, what was that trip? Where did you go on uh, that so trip? So that was, that, that was 2011 and I went from Calgary to Drumheller, Drumheller to Banff to Jasper. Um, up uh, to Grand Prairie, up uh, to the Northwest Territories, oh, up wow. to Yellowknife. Awesome. And I backtracked out of the Yellowknife uh, west into BC, the Alaskan Highway, to Watson Lake. Uh, and then I came down the Kasyar. I went to uh, Hyder, Alaska at that junction. And then I backtracked out of there and I went through the Lava National Park, whatever that is, hmm. the, and then down to Terrace, to Prince Rupert. And then I took the ferry to the Queen Charlotte Islands, and I went all the way to the tip there, came back, uh, took the ferry to Port Hardy, uh, followed Vancouver all the way to that ferry that brings you to Sunshine Coast, uh, went to Vancouver, Vancouver, I went to Nanaimo, Nanaimo, uh, I headed to Tofino, and then I backtracked to Nanaimo so I could do the other side of the west side, right, because you got to kind of come back to Nanaimo to wing back towards the other side, and then I went to Victoria to Salt uh, Salt Spring Island, right? I think it is. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, took the ferry to Nanaimo, and then took that ferry to Vancouver. And it was 6,500 kilometers in 14 weeks, less one day. That sounds beautiful. What a beautiful journey. Well, that was. That, that's the thing is it was just, um, it was the most amazing experience I ever had. And I was it was probably a day or two coming down the Kasyar heading like southbound like and and that's I just it's funny because it was kind of a challenging trip in the sense like 
I really didn't prepare for it because I didn't really, I just, I walked into a bike shop and said, I want to buy a bike um, kind of deal. And uh, it was kind of a 2011, that summer was a bit of a wet summer. I, I typically got rained on virtually once every day. Like it was either pouring rain or even if it was just for five minutes, I swear there was this cloud sort of zigzagging <laughs> following the whole way. Honestly, I actually, I didn't get out of my tent in a t-shirt. I didn't get out of my tent in a t-shirt till I got to Queen Charlotte Islands. Crazy. The warmest part of the entire trip wasn't until I got to Vancouver in October. Um, and uh, But I just remember looking around. It's funny because the photo actually came up in a memory on Facebook, my timeline this morning. And I still remember. I just remember looking around, just thinking, this is the most amazing, beautiful country I've ever been in, the most amazing landscape and the most amazing experience. And uh, I just, it's like, how do I take this to the next level? Because, um, you know, it wasn't quite, I mean, obviously there was challenging times or whatever the, with the weather and, you know, some of the mountains and this and that and physically just getting on the bike. I mean, at that time, that was, I think it had been eight years since I'd been on a bike. So initially there were some physical challenges of just getting my body used to pedaling. Um, but I just remember thinking, like, I got to take this to the next level. And, and it was back then, 2011. Uh, towards the end of the summer that this this ride that I'm on now, the, 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 the genesis of it was born. Um, Canadian Arctic to the bottom of Argentina. It just seemed like a no-brainer that this is something I needed to do uh, in my lifetime. And basically from the day I arrived in Vancouver, um, every life decision, every life choice has revolved more or less about making the bike ride a reality. Um, I mean, this like this current bike ride, a reality. And uh, I mean, there was a lot of U-turns and there's a lot of scenic routes, which I like I refer to U-turns, scenic routes, dead ends. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I never forgot the dream and I never stopped sacrificing. And uh, here I am basically nine years later. That's a cool story. What was the, what, what was the catalyst for your first trip? Uh, <laughs> actually, in all honesty, it was actually therapy. Yeah. It was actually therapy. Um, I had uh, about a year and a half earlier, I'd been in a relationship as, <laughs> as these things go. And um, actually what it was, it wasn't so much the relationship itself, but there was uh, uh, the, the, the woman I was with, she had a, she had a, a 10 year old son and, um, and, I, and I was out of the country at the time when she sent me an email to say that it was over. And, uh, I just, I felt a tremendous amount of guilt, an unbearable amount of guilt for how this poor kid got hurt in, in, in this, in the middle of it. Mm. Um, just, I mean, not that, not that the breakup was, you know, you know, there was, it was all cool. It was just, you know, there's 11 year old kid that didn't understand. Um, and, and, and so I just, the, the guilt was overwhelming for me to, for what I, you know, that's tough, man. You get in, so I, you get into these relationships, and you know, it's basically your family, right? That that becomes yeah, your no, family. exactly, exactly. I I I was actually in my home in Belize at the time that I got this email, um, and and, and I was basically I had my flight back to Ontario, um, which I ended up canceling type thing because the relationship had ended. But uh, you know, the the boy did not want me to be in Belize. He did not want me to go, and yeah, it was just it was just a very tough. Uh, atmosphere for this kid. He he had gone through ten a hundred times more than 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 a kid should go through, and then this got piled on. And I just like I said, just the, the, for me personally, just the guilt of just 
that this poor kid was just in the middle of it and and he obviously didn't understand so i was just yeah i was the guilt just like i said it just was just it was unbearable well thanks for sharing that that's uh, i didn't know we were going to go so deep so fast but uh, it's (laughs) yeah i know it's yeah, no, there's, there's, yeah, there's not too much simple about my life. It seems at least when I, when, when, when people start asking me questions, it's like, you better be prepared because it's, uh, but anyways, yeah, it's no, all good. That's cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. It's, uh, I think, you know, my, my spin on, I just talked about this yesterday with, with Brian too, but the, the thing that I really like to lean on with the, this podcast and bike packing in general is just the, the improvements to mental health. So it's, uh, oh. It's it's not uncommon that that the the catalyst for a lot of people is uh, for for getting out for long journeys like this is is mental health. It's it's kind of reminiscent of like that whole idea of of a walkabout, right? Like yeah, you need um, to you need to figure your shit out um, whether you went through fu- something it, traumatic and you just you take off and. Yes. No. It's funny because, like I said, I started hitchhiking, so this was kind of my work. My sorry, my walkabout kind of deal. And that's actually kind of the way in my head I had it described back when I first started. I just, uh, the walking just didn't last so long. And, you know, on the summer is only so long. And I was not prepared to get stuck in, in, in northern Ontario for an entire summer, just standing there trying to walk um, kind of deal or hitchhike. Um, but So that's an interesting uh, get your feet wet kind of trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, so how, how did that go for you? What were the, some of the struggles that you, you dealt with kind of uh, just jumping on the saddle and riding 6,000 kilometers? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, that was kind of the interesting thing was, though, is because, like, I had never done this. I had never – I had no expectation. I, I just um, – you know, you don't know until you actually start pedaling. Like, you could get two miles down the road and say, this sucks. You throw your bike in the ditch and you walk home and that's it. And I had no idea, you know, like, is it lonely? Is it, is it, is it this? Is it that? You don't know. And, and I just started pedaling. Um, and I mean, initially the, you know, uh, the, I remember the first, uh, the first day I, um, I got about 65 kilometers and I'm all, I'm, I'm horrible with pronunciations. I think there's a town, like you probably more familiar out there, um, heading towards Drumheller, Adair, is it? Or at- oh, uh, Adri? Or Airdrie. Yes. Anyways, I remember getting there on my first day. I remember walking into a restaurant, grabbing dinner, eating, and, you know, noticing that it was still pretty light out. And I thought, hmm, I think I got a couple hours to get down the road a little bit more. Anyways, I stood up and my butt said, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. So, I think there was a, a little RV park uh, a kilometer away, and I, I barely pedaled to that, and that was the end of my day. I set my tent up right then and there, um, and it was funny um, because see, I'd never been to the like I had never been that way to the Rockies, Banff, Jasper, and I had all these huge expectations like this was going to kill me, this is going to be this and that, and I actually remember because um, after I went Drumheller, I crossed back over uh towards canmore and you're more i'm guessing you're obviously far more familiar with the geography there in the highways but i took um i took dirt road i took some gravel roads um kind of back gravel roads and they're very 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 hilly and i remember coming to a roads department guy or he came he pulled up he says like what are you doing out here (laughs) and i said well i'm on this bike trip and and this is my training for crossing the rockies kind of deal 
and he just laughed. He says, this is a hundred times worse than the Rockies. Like nobody comes out. <laughs> oh, here. I wonder where you were. Because it was all gravel. He's like, he's like, do you want me to take you somewhere? I'm like, no, 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 no. It's all good. It's all good. But uh, and I mean, he was he was right. Um, yeah, all those those back gravel roads heading towards Canmore. But like, I think what to back to the one or something like that. Um, anyways, I was I was out there training. Kind, I mean, not training, training, but uh, but but yeah, I mean. You know, physically, you know, once you start pedaling, it just gets better every day um, kind of deal. Like I said, I mean, there was some rain, uh, well, quite a bit of rain, but, uh, you know, I you just you just deal with it. Um, uh, you know, I, like I said, that was the thing, like the genesis of this ride was because I don't want to say it was easy, but there was an aspect where it was just it was just so beautiful. It just so it was so easy. Um, I, I just loved every minute of it. Just the. Uh, so I, you know, in many ways, like I didn't really run into too many problems. That's awesome. Um, I just enjoyed it so much. What was the, um, what was the feeling like when you first got on the bike and you started pedaling away? Cause I mean, you kind of, it's, it's kind of symbolic in a way, right? Actually, let's even go back to that first moment where you started hitchhiking the first ride you got that was taking you away from your, your pre-existing existence and taking you into this new existence. Did it feel freeing? Did you feel guilty did you feel sad like what were your feelings oh wow i'm trying to that's that was a long long time ago <laughs> um long time ago well i i had never i had basically i'd never hitchhiked before um and so you know that was kind of uh i was kind of curious to to see how that was going to play out and i actually got picked up pretty quickly and uh, I actually found I enjoyed it. It was actually kind of interesting because the thing is, is I'm actually like, I'm pretty introverted. Um, and so you're basically thumbing a ride and then you're going to get in a car with a complete stranger. Um, and you don't want that to be all that awkward. So you kind of have to initiate some conversation. Mm. You know what I mean? And so, you know, so there is a sense where you're, uh, as an introvert, you're kind of very quickly out of your comfort zone. Um, I actually found I actually really enjoyed the hitchhiking. Um, I actually, I kind of, it's interesting as an introvert, introvert, it's interesting to be put in a, a position where, um, uh, where you're, you're kind of, I don't want to say you're forced to engage because technically you're not forced to engage, but if you want, you know, it just, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I was, it was very easy to just engage um that way and then of course when i did start the bike ride you know people would come up to me and whatnot and just the, the conversation typically you know when you're doing something of that's kind of out there a little bit on the interesting side uh the conversations typically flow pretty quickly um so anyways i i ended up finding that i enjoyed the hitchhiking um uh a lot more than i thought um but it, like as far as feeling you know i mean like, did it feel like you were running away or did it feel like you were, I guess, I guess in, in, in the moment, like in, for my situation, it was more, I really didn't have a whole lot of choice, mm. um, in, in the, in the sense, because the reality I, I, I just, I needed, like, I just, you know, it's kind of that, that's old saying, like, you know, go, go West young man, go <laughs> West kind of, you know what I yeah. mean? Like I, I was just sort of following that mantra and just open to whatever happened. You're basically um, taking your medicine, taking your medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And it probably, um, you probably grew a lot 
when you started hitchhiking? Um, you know, coming out of your box as an introvert, you know, starting to just crack your shell a little bit to to yeah. to kind of navigate, you know, this journey yeah. that you just started. I mean, I I I mean, I've done like I guess I'll, I'll call I've done adventures before per se. Um, I mean, nothing like this, like in 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 this in in, in a sense, um, but. Uh, you know, I mean, it was just, you just, you just, I just literally just go with the flow and just, I basically what it was is, I mean, in my limited ability, it was about being open to whatever came my way. Um, and, and, you know, and so, yeah. And then, you know, when, when I couldn't get a ride, it was okay. How do I, you know, now what do I do? It's like, okay, I guess take the Greyhound, you know, and then I even tried getting rides in Thunder Bay. And I couldn't get a ride there. So it was back to the Greyhound. But then it was like, you know what? I'm just going straight to Calgary because, you know, between Thunder Bay and Calgary, there's not a whole lot, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So it seemed to be a no brainer to go straight to Calgary. And it's like, well, now I'm here in Calgary. Now what do I do? Well, you're going to find out because you're going to be riding across that country, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Well, since since then, I have actually crisscrossed it many times in the truck. I was in, in in, in my previous. Uh, job. I was actually a long haul truck driver, and so I've I've done it a bunch of times in the truck since. But you know, it was just basically it was just you kind of come to, uh, you know, you you come to 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 one crossroads, and you make a decision, and you just go with it and, and see where that leads. Um, and and so that's sort of what I've kind of done. You know, my and I guess you know, I mean, for me is as long as I'm moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably the important thing is as long as I'm moving forward. Um, you know, like I said, you know, and getting sort of back to the emotion that, you know, what maybe probably the more important thing that like in a sense when you're, when you're like asking about like, what were you feeling this and that kind of deal? Um, I would actually probably say probably the one of the most amazing experiences. And Honestly, I, I don't actually remember when this happened. I'm just, I'm going to just ballpark it and say it was midway. Um, I remember feeling this really strange, like just something felt so weird. And I really couldn't make sense of what it was in the, in, in the moment. And that was because it, it took me a little bit to figure out. But all of a sudden it occurred to me. It's like, all of a sudden I realized it's like I was living in the present. Mm. And that really flew, that, that, that threw me, that threw me because I mean, I very much live in the past and I very much live in the future. I am almost never, ever, ever in the present, like as far as inside my own head. I mean, it's easy I, for me. I, it's I'm fairly good at being present with other people. Um, I try to be very mindful of that, but in my own head and, you know, for the most part, I've been a single guy. I mean, yeah, I've basically been a single guy most of my entire life um and i kind of done my own thing and this and that because there's you know as i've sort of discovered going through life there's not too many people that are kind of into what i'm into um kind of deal and and just willing to sacrifice to the nth degree to to get there and work the 14 hour days every day to make sure that this can be a reality so my interactions you know on on in many ways is, is very limited with other people so you know good part of my world, my life sort of revolves around inside my head. And so therefore I, I live very much in the past, uh, you know, dealing with guilt and shame about whatever. Um, and I live very much in the future, uh, about, you know, what, what I'm going to do in the future, but very, very, very little of my life is in the present. 
and uh, that's what I did discover is on the bike ride, all of a sudden, like I said, it was a really weird feeling. I couldn't make sense of what was going on. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me, it's like, oh my goodness, this is what it means to live in the present. It's like that and bubble, it, that life bubble that surrounds you got super small because all that really mattered at that time was food, yeah. water, shelter, safety. Yes. You know, you're just taking yes. care of yourself. There's not, nothing else really to worry about. You know, you're going to get to the future when you get there and the past is, yes. is a million pedal strokes behind you. It's very symbolic. Yes. I, I, I admire you for, uh, for coming to that yeah. realization kind of early in your life. Yeah, no, it, it actually was a bit of a surprise. I, I was not expecting it at all. Um, well, I mean, who, who, who expects to like all of a sudden wake up one day and go, oh, yeah, I'm living in the present. Well, it's um, interesting. It's almost like a form of enlightenment. Because you, you're you're on you're on the bike for hours a day meditating. This has come up a lot yeah. lately too. It's just the whole idea of mindfulness and being present, and yeah. and again the mental health and the you know how how riding kind of reduces everything else down. Like yeah. and the common denominator in the end is just just you and your little world that that you're riding yes. in at that moment. Yeah, it's yes. really cool. Yeah. yeah. So you finish that that tour. And I'm sure there's a million stories you can tell. <laughs> um about that first tour well tell tell a story G give me a, an example of a high and a low kind of during that that first bike tour um Just honestly all highs no lows no lows <laughs> oh, that's awesome. no honestly no lows i mean other, other than you know maybe being wet maybe too often but you know what i mean that's just part of the deal and uh you know when you're wet most of the summer you don't i can't you can't really pinpoint you know um uh, probably one of the coolest stories is just is in the Northwest Territories and uh, the Alaskan Highway running into bison. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I ran into bison quite a few times. Like um, literally or I, figuratively? I, sorry, <laughs> literally or well, figuratively? <laughs> literally, literally, literally. Um, actually, I did have one day actually on the way to Yellowknife. I did not get enough sleep. I was actually. Yeah, actually, believe it. Actually, believe it or not, there was a, there was an afternoon where I was actually bored out of my tree. Literally, um, it was like it only happened one day, and so I decided to go face to face with the bison just to see what he would do. And uh, and he he, was, he came towards me. Oh yeah. He was making his way towards me, and then I realized, oh, I didn't give myself an out. <laughs> um, and then and then all of a sudden, uh, a pickup truck out of nowhere came behind me with a with a uh, with a camper on the back and blasted his horn and, and scared the thing off the road um and uh but like i said there was no out for me and and, and you know he would either he was going to get bored or uh who knows what would have happened <laughs> um i came across another one where uh he was on the road i was not so brave um i was and then he decided to go off the road but and, and i that's when i decided to pedal except that section of the Northwest Territories going through is gravel, and my pedal and the wheel grinded the gravel, and that scared him back on the road. And then he started to trot away from me, and uh, so I started to follow him because I didn't know what else to do. And he would, you know, look back every uh, minute or two, and uh, you know, we're going through the heat of the day. And actually, I'm actually following this thing for a few kilometers, and I realized that this thing is going to eventually say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I'm way bigger than this guy and he's going to stand his ground and then that would be the end of it kind of deal. Uh, then I'd be going nowhere. And when I sensed it, he was about to make his move. I actually, I, cause I pulled a Bob trailer for that trip. Yeah. I zigzagged myself so he could see how long I was, therefore how big I was. And, uh, man, he looked at me and ran like a bat out of hell. Um, 
And you had your bison spray, right? Like you had bison spray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but I, I came across a herd. A lady helped me through that by pedaling behind her. Uh, that was my third interaction. The fourth one was one of the craziest because they were, that was in BC. There's a whole herd on the road and I was screaming and yelling, trying to get them to move. There was nobody coming like as far as a car. Eventually they started to leave the road and then all of a sudden, and then they started to trot and then I started to go up the road and then all of a sudden they were like, I don't know, it's really weird. I, I, I caught up to them and they went into a complete stampede, a full stampede. So they were on the shoulder because some of those, some of the Alaskan highway in certain sections is quite wide as far as a grassy area. And I was literally beside them and they were in front of me and they were behind me and, and they were stampeding along the grassy, the grassy shoulder. And then all of a sudden, and I couldn't even see the head guy. Like that's how big the herd wow, was. Wow, that's crazy. And the thing was, is then I realized all of a sudden it occurred to me while I'm pedaling that the head guy is going to eventually come back onto the road because that's where they go for safety. And all the bison beside me and all the bison behind me were going to follow onto the road. And then I'd be completely in the middle of a herd, which obviously means that I'm dead for sure. And so I was literally on my bicycle like a cowboy, screaming and yelling, waving my hands. So they'd see hoping. you. <laughs> hoping. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I really, it was actually quite a moment because I thought, oh, my gosh, like I am seriously dead here. But the head one, he went right into the trees. It was just bang, 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 right into the trees. And the whole herd followed him right into the trees. It must have been a thundering um, experience, like just all those who. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've almost oh, yeah. been caught. Yeah. I've almost been caught in um in like an elk stampede. Just okay. in Invermere here, just kind of down the road in this one area of, of riding. And I was riding with a group and we had stopped to kind of regroup. And if we had kept riding like another 30 seconds, you could just hear it. It was just like this. And then you look, we looked ahead and it was where we were going to be riding. And it was just like a freight train of elk coming yep. through. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I basically, nice. I was pedaling parallel to something just like that. Wow. That's uh, awesome. And what about uh, any, um, any bears? Yeah. Um, no, bears. no bad experiences. Um, I, I did a keep, I kept a rough count and I, I probably uh, saw 55 of them. Oh, awesome. Like black yep. and grizz and. You know what? That, okay. Okay. You want to talk about disappointments? <laughs> my one my only disappointment is I have yet, actually I've yet in my life to see a grizzly bear. Interesting. Especially um, all the terrain you were going through is pretty, pretty hot. It's a hotbed for, for grizzlies. Yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. No. And it's funny because I remember a pickup truck pulled over to warn me, hey, there's a grizzly bear. And so maybe some cubs, I forget. What, I don't know. She said there's a grizzly bear just over the over the ridge. I said, I'd love to talk. I got to go. Yeah, I want to see it. Like, <laughs> he looks at me like I'm nuts. And he goes, and I said, I said, I have yet to see a grizzly bear. So I got to go. I got to go. And when I made it up, it was gone. Um, you know, you have to be careful. I think you have to be really, really mindful about, about being around bears like that. But yep. my experience with bears is they don't want anything to do with you. Uh, I mean, yes. if you if you had ridden up on them, I mean, obviously there's there's scenarios. If you end up in the middle of like a couple of cubs and a mom, then yeah, you're gonna That's probably cool. have some trouble. But yeah. uh, you know, they're not these monsters roaming around the the woods looking for humans to pull off their bikes and out of their tents yes. to eat. That you know, yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you. I haven't seen too too many. Just just a handful in my days out here. But yeah, like so, my experience was most of them ran. 
if they saw me because yeah. they un- like when they're eating grass along the shoulder, they understand cars, right? Because they're zipping by all day long. They don't necessarily understand bikes, and so I had many experiences when when they caught sight of me, like they bolted. Um, I did have a couple that did not bolt, and I got some actually pretty pretty nice photos. Nice. Um, the biggest one that I actually ever came across was in Stewart, just getting coming into Stewart, and this thing was the size of a of a grid. This thing was massive. Like I show pictures of it, and this thing was massive. And he was, it was a two lane road. Uh, he was eating grass on one side and I just, I just quietly, slowly passed him and then stopped. And then I started taking photos. I mean, basically we were just, he was on one shoulder and I was on the other and I was maybe realistically 15 to 20 feet from him. Wow. That's close. Um, and he just kept walking and eating. And it was interesting because it was like, I, after a while, it's like, this bear is not afraid of me at all. Like it just did not even respond. And so then I thought, I'm just going to keep moving on. And, and an RV actually came in behind and saw the interaction. And he actually stopped. And he's like, man, that bear was not scared of you at all. I said, yeah, I know. It was actually a little bit unnerving just that he just didn't even. But it was the thing was the size of a grizzly bear easily. It was huge. Um, but it was also interesting because most of the locals, they say, oh, no, it's not the grizzlies you got to worry about. It's the black bears. Mm. Uh, I heard that a few times. I mean, I don't know what the truth is because like, the reality is, is you know, I used to be into reptiles, and then people would say, "What's the most poisonous snake?" It does, it's the one that kills you. <laughs> you know, that one, it don't matter which one is, you know. So I mean, black or grizzly, you know, I mean, whichever one's most dangerous, it don't matter until you're attacked. Uh, I've kind of heard the same thing. I've heard that about black bears, black bears in Ontario. Uh, you know, I haven't had a whole ton. Like I, I grew up in Ontario, um, but I hadn't had a lot of. Uh, experiences with black bears but i heard they're a bit stocky like okay yeah if they're if you're around near a black bear and you're in the woods or something they'll, they'll almost stalk you like like uh like mm-hmm. they'll almost predatory behavior but yeah. out here i lived in whistler for many years and it's they just bolt like they just take off they want nothing to do with you yeah or either that or they're just curious and they kind of hang out but yeah you know, i mean it, admittedly i am kind of curious moving into the future because i suspect that i'll be in Northern Ontario in around the time when they're kind of coming out of hibernation, maybe. Yeah. Um, or at least, you know, moving into, into Western Canada. Um, they'll all so be they'll, grumpy. They're going to be grumpy, man. Well, they'll, they'll be hungry <laughs> at the very least. Grumpy Whether, hungry. I, I, don't, I don't know if they're grumpy, but they'll be hungry. Um, do you carry bear spray? Uh, currently not at the moment. Cause I don't need it. I did carry bear spray on my first ride. And, um, I actually still have the canister. It's long expired. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I didn't, I, I didn't bring it. Um, you know, an air horn but, could be a good idea as well. I know yeah. I, well, a couple I, guys yeah. are bringing these little air horns and they can just like, burp, burp, and they'll just, the bears will take off. Yeah. I actually, um, I got, uh, I got, yeah. Cause I actually, I went looking for them in, in a, in a, in a, in an outdoor shop. I actually ended up getting a, uh, a boat whistle oh yeah uh, yeah it i mean it's probably not quite as loud but when you blow into it it's pretty darn loud and i thought it's it's a little bit smaller so it's a little bit less gear and i thought you know those air horn, horns you know eventually they run out of air mm, and and, of and then and you know what do i do when i get to central america or south america you know what i mean and and then i got the dogs to worry about so i thought you know mm. what the whistle might I can I I can use this whistle 
all the way to the bottom of Argentina. Yeah. The Earhart probably is not going to last that long. Some you're going to have to resupply as you go along, you know. Yeah. So I got this. I got. It's not quite as loud, but I think it's loud enough to do the job. Yeah. Um, and so. So after that, uh, after that first trip, you said you wrapped that up in in 2011. Yeah, October. I, I left in. I left towards the end of June. Um, and I went till I think October 3rd sort of rings a bell. Like I said, it was 14 weeks, less one day. Awesome. So, uh, after that, wh- what did you do to spend your time, uh, between then and, and this current trip? Oh, okay. <laughs> I lived about <laughs> 10 lifetimes. It seems like, um, uh, did you go back to trucking? Yeah. Like you went back to long haul or actually, no, I, I will no, I was not, I was not a driver at that point. Um, so Okay, so I'll try to make this kind of long and short, or, or short story, or long story short kind of deal. Um, actually, believe it or not, five minutes after I finished the ride, um, I almost had this current ride I'm on now uh, sponsored. Oh, nice. um, so so I went like literally, literally, the literally five minutes after this ride was 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 that ride was finished, the this ride was sponsored, and so I went to town, went crazy. Um, uh, planning it because like I said it was just it was just a plan that I made on in on the Casiar. So I needed to figure out my routes, I needed to figure this, that, you know, everything. I, so I went to town just crazy. Anyways, long story short, that fell through. Um I was in Vancouver. You know, obviously I never lived in Vancouver. Um I loved Vancouver. Um so and I was just renting rooms because of how expensive it was and this and that. And so I ended up uh, basically doing some construction uh just yeah just working construction in surrey okay. for an east indian company um and then i'll just backtrack very quickly before i started hitchhiking i actually took that little kid camping to algonquin park his mom let me take him um there was a little bit of humming and hawing because he was type 1 diabetic mm. and you know not my expertise but you know i you know i convinced her that we would figure it out between me and the kid and and you know with the cell phone we would figure out his sugars and, you know, and so she agreed, let me take him camping to Algonquin Park. So now we're fast forward to doing the bike ride, living in Vancouver. Uh, now we're back in June. I emailed her again. Would you let me take him camping? She's like, yeah, no problem. Because basically all I was going to do is I was just going to fly to Ontario to take him camping. And then I was going to fly back to Vancouver. Um, you know, and in the, in the meantime, the whole time I'm, you know, calling him, talking to him, you know, regularly sending him gifts, this and that. Um, anyways, when I saw this, yeah, no problem. So quickly, so easily, I emailed her back. I said, if I stayed in Ontario, would you let me visit him? Like, could I get like visitation? Um, one or two emails back and forth. She agreed. Yeah. Well, let's give it a try. So Monday morning told the boss, I'm not coming back to work when I leave for Ontario in June. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I flew back to Ontario in June, um, took him camping, told him that, uh, uh, I wasn't going back to Vancouver. And I also told him, uh, because the, the, the sponsorship thing fell through, I told him I was not going to do this bike ride until he was at least 18. Um, anyways, turned out that, you know, it was just amazing because I ended up getting him like three weekends a month. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I mean, not too many guys get visitation of the ex-girlfriend's kid. Um, you know what I mean? And mm. like, it, it was it was amazing. It was awesome. Um, 
anyways, but career-wise, job-wise, life was about as miserable and sucked as much as you could imagine. And uh, there was a little bit of time where, um, you know, his name was Steven. He got a little bit older. I didn't see him so often. And career-wise, I hit rock bottom, more or less. And uh, $5,000, five weeks truck training school changes your life forever. Like that was my that was my thought process, yep. and it turned out to be right. Um, and uh, so yeah, so I got my AZ license, five weeks, five grand, and yeah, my life changed forever. And now all of a sudden, I was making money that I could actually save for this bike ride because I'd never stopped. I mean, my priority was the kid, as far as you know, whatever it is that I could do for him, this and that. That was the priority, but that aside. All decisions were still revolving around this bike ride. Um, so then, yeah, so I ended up driving a truck for six and a half years, um, which was probably, well, yeah, in many ways was way longer than I needed to. Um, the other thing I was trying to avoid in the sense of uh, not interfering with this bike ride was uh, I was trying to avoid relationships. Um but about three years ago, someone found me on the internet and turned out to be turned into a relationship, turned into an engagement, and then that all fell apart just this past May. Oh, sorry to hear um, that. Man. That sucks. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, I was kind of yeah, I was yeah. I, it's <clears throat> anyways. Yeah, when I woke up, I, that's a thing. So I mean, in the in the year, so in the years of, you know, I continued sacrifice saving all this for this bike ride. Um, I lost my train of thought for just a second. Um, anyways, sorry, man. I That's just okay. Things. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lost my, so anyways, like, so I never, I never stopped sacrificing or, or, or saving or this and that for it. And, but the thing was, is I was actually, because of, because of the engagement, I was actually coming to terms with this ride might not even happen. Mm. Um, and then the other thing, sorry, that's what I, that's where I lost my train of thought is in the, in the years moving forward, um, across Canada tour kind of got, uh, evolved into the, into the, into the ride. Um, and so, but anyways, over the years, like I said, I've always been researching a little bit here and there, whatever. Um, but when I woke up, mate, let's so basically what was happening is because of the, 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 the future marriage. I was actually coming to terms with the fact that the ride might not even happen. And I was, and I was actually, I was becoming okay with that because of, you know, the, the next adventure in life. Right. Um, so my point is though, what I was trying to get at is when I woke up May 16th, I was still engaged of 2019. When I went to bed May 16th, I was no longer engaged and I had this whole thing planned in my head how I was going to play it out. At the same time, I had no bike, I had no gear, and I no longer had a website, uh, and I was working 80-hour weeks in the truck, um, crisscrossing uh, America to California and back every day. Right, week. wow. Those long hauls, man. Yeah, and so uh, basically I bought my bike at Mountain Equipment Co-op. I have a Mech National. I bought it June 5th, and basically from that day forward, everything came into place. Um, I don't know how with the hours I was working that I was able to pull this off um, because basically 14 hour days, uh, six days a week, I would typically check into a hotel at 9.30 p.m. on a Saturday because our company paid for the room if we were on the road because you're by law, you're required to take a 36 hours off. And so basically I would check into a hotel, 
Saturday night at 9.30 p.m. after a very long and stressful 80-hour week. And then I would check out Monday morning at 9 a.m. to do it all over again. Wow. And with that kind of schedule, I was able to get the bike, get the bike built, get my equipment, get my equipment ordered and delivered, and get my website up and get all the content up. Um, and then in the meantime, I also did a bit of promotion on the different bike groups, uh, you know, all going all the way through all that. And my initial plan, what it, well, the one thing that I needed to do was I needed to be in Prince Edward Island for Christmas, uh, simply because it had been over six years since I'd done a family Christmas being in the truck. And I felt I owed that to my parents because I didn't know when the next one would be. Mm. So my priority was, uh, basically hammer down, get this, get this done, uh, continue working, continue making the money. Cause this is the last chance I'm going to be, you know, to have to make this kind of money. Um, and I'm going to need every dime, every dollar, obviously for a ride of this magnitude. And, uh, so I, I mean, I, yeah, I worked my butt off and, um, anyways, everything came together so quickly, so smoothly. All of a sudden I realized that, you know what, I think I can actually leave earlier. Um, cause what I was going to do, sorry, backtrack, get to Prince Edward Island for Christmas. And then in around December 27th, 28th, the plan was to fly to St. John, Newfoundland to start for December 31st. Um, oh man, it must be frigid uh, in Newfoundland at that time of, that time of year. Well, look, well, I'm, well, yeah, well, I mean, it's frigid anywhere. It's Canada, right? There's, there's really not, I mean, other than maybe Vancouver, there's not a whole lot of warm places in December in Canada. Yeah. Um, but basically that was, that was the plan was get to PI for Christmas, fly to St. John 27th ish, you know, whatever. And then just, you know, like I said, be started by December 31st. Anyways, everything came together so quickly, so smoothly that all of a sudden I realized that I can probably move this ride date up. Because I did have one worry. I did have a worry about Newfoundland, um, which actually sounds like I probably saved my butt on this. Newfoundland, as you're probably aware of, the only way across is the Trans-Canada. Like, there is no secondary highways. There is no service roads. There's nothing. Um, and I was actually, my worry, my initial worry is starting that late in the winter mm. is that if, if, what happens if the RCMP pulls me over and says, you're not going any further. You're I, a danger to yourself. I, I don't think they can do the, that. I don't think. I, well, I don't, well, I don't know. But the, yeah, but I mean, the thing is though, is that was something I didn't want to find out. Yeah. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Because, or, you know, well, I mean, look at the storm, the winter storm they just had. Mm. Could you imagine if I was in Newfoundland right now? Um, like I just did not want to be stuck in my first leg. Yeah, and I and I definitely did not want to be in a position where I had to, whether car or whatever truck or whatever, uh, finish Newfoundland because that was the other thing is is as you can imagine, I had a lot of people tell me I couldn't do this. A lot of people told me I couldn't do it. A lot of people told me there's no way you can cross Newfoundland, uh, you know, in November or December kind of deal. Um, and so it was really important to get that I'll call it a victory under my belt, um, kind of deal. And so anyways, like I said, things came together so quickly that I, I realized I could leave earlier. Then the question was, well, how early do I have to leave in order to still get to Prince Edward Island for Christmas? And so the date that I came up was November 15th. And so anyways, fast forward to that date. Actually, I, I arrived in PI October 30th 
and realized I could even leave earlier possibly, but with my parents' uh, schedule and this and that, basically they, they, they could take me to the ferry, uh, the Nova Scotia ferry, uh, November 10th kind of deal. Um, and so that's the way it kind of planned out. Um, is, and actually that's funny because that was the only thing, the only thing in this entire ride, only one thing has gone sideways. And that was uh, my dad went to Charlottetown to pick up a U-Haul trailer for my bike and my gear. And about five minutes before he pulled into the driveway, I got an email notification that the uh, the ferry crossing, the night crossing, got canceled due to bad weather. Oh no! That was that is that was fr- from from this entire trip, the entire trip from the bike, the gear, everything to getting out here. The only thing that ever went sideways was that 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 that, that ferry crossing at night got canceled due to bad weather. Well, now you're on the big yeah. island, so you don't have to worry about that anymore, at least until the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you're in Halifax now. Yeah. Um, how many uh, kilometers have you uh, ticked off? Uh, I've, done a, I've done about 2,650-ish. Yeah. And uh, how are you feeling? Yeah. Pretty good? I feel amazing. Awesome. Um, I feel awesome. Um, that was the thing is um, this ride has definitely evolved into something that I could never have imagined. Um, because the reality is, is with the failed engagement, this ride also has turned into therapy. Right. <laughs> I just, I don't know what I was, that was not the plan. I mean, I planned this ride in 2011. Little did I know in 2019, it would become another form of therapy due right. to a failed engagement. Are you, you feeling good about it? You're feeling good? Um, well, so this is the thing. So I thought, cause the thing is, is I don't like the winter. I don't like the cold. I have a home in Belize. There's a reason I have a home in Belize. Okay. I have no interest in being outside in the cold. Um, the truth of the matter is, is this crossing, this Canada crossing type, well, not that I'm actually crossing Canada in the winter. I'm, I mean, we're, I mean, I started November 12th. We're January 20th. I don't know. What are we? Oh, 23rd? Yeah. Not sure. Anyways, we're getting towards the January, and I'm only, I, I mean, I've pedaled 2,600 26, kilometers. 26 today. 20, oh, wow. <laughs> that's that. You sort of see how good I am with my with, with my schedule. You don't need um, to know. <laughs> yeah, no, true enough, I don't. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm only in Halifax. Now, I, I have, you know, in, in all you know, in all fairness, I have done 2,600 kilometers in the winter. Um, but anyways, I actually thought that these first six months, you know, the, the cold part, was all about misery. I thought every minute is going to suck. Every mile is going to suck. And this is really just about whether or not you are actually strong enough um, to do this. I mean, it was really, just, that's what it came down to. Um, I mean, when I, when my parent, like this is a thing is because as you can imagine, the amount of stuff I had to get ready uh, for this ride with my work schedule to be, to basically start for November 12th, literally in all honesty, was nothing short of a miracle. Um, anyways, I did not get a chance to properly test my bike out with my gear. And, um, my parents, they dropped me off at the, at the Sydney terminal. And I basically loaded my bike for the first time with completely loaded. And I pushed my bike five feet and I went, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. I just, I literally died inside. The bike was too heavy. Um, I was it's funny because, you know, my parents are behind me. They're waving. They got their phone out to take a photo of me. My first day, 55,000 kilometer ride across Canada and to the bottom of Argentina, crossing, you know, during the winter, you know, good luck, son kind of deal. 
And in my head, I'm going, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. I, I pushed my bike to the terminal door. I went inside. They're like, oh, just push it through. I said, no, I can't. I've got studded tires, and it'll chew your floor up. So they said, okay, you got to take it along the chain link fence, and there's a security gate further down, and uh, go through there, and then you're in lane three, I think, or something like that. I refused to get on my bike. It was too heavy. I was too scared someone's going to watch me get on it and fall right over. <laughs> I pushed my bike. I pu- honestly, I pushed my bike all the way to the ferry lane. I pushed my bike all the way on the ferry. I pushed my bike all the way off the ferry. I was too scared to get on the bike. It was so heavy. I thought, someone, I'm going to get on the bike, and I'm going to instantly just fall over. Um, fast forward. I think it took me about – I mean, I did it. I mean, it took a while to cross Newfoundland. Um, I think it took me in around two and a half weeks. Anyways, the second last day, I pedaled 92 kilometers, and the last day I pedaled 98. Awesome. And, and two and a half weeks earlier, I was too scared to get on the bike. It was that heavy. I actually scaled. There was a, a truck a truck scale that was open in Newfoundland. So I, I pulled up, and I, I asked the guy, I said, can you weigh me, and, and how accurate would it be? He says, oh, it'll be pretty accurate. Um, I mean, obviously, I've been on a million truck scales kind of deal, right. but... You know, usually they're used to weighing, you know, you know, up to 80,000 pounds or you know what I mean? And I'm, you know, I'm obviously nowhere near that. But anyways, he, uh, he basically my bike and my gear came to 185 pounds. 185. Holy cow, man. Yes. That is a lot of One, stuff. 100. Well, it's it most, a lot of that has to do with winter gear. Mm, of course. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't be stuck in the middle of wherever with, you know, the wrong gear when of it course. comes to. Um, and so, I mean, the bike is, I mean, it's a mech national, but I mean, you put the fenders on, you put the, 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 I mean, I have surly racks, um, you know, I have a Bob trailer, um, kind of deal. Like the the bike, the bike is like, it's, it's a mech national. I mean, I don't know much about bikes really, honestly, but you know, when you, when you push that, like when you lift that, it's, it's, it's a tank. Um, but yeah, no, the bike, the trailer and all the gear came to 185 pounds. And like I said, the. I've done a 92 day. I've done 98 kilometers, and actually in PEI, I did 100. I did 100.1 kilometers. Awesome. Um, now I should also point out, I'm not trying to break records. It gets dark early. I try not to pedal in the dark if I can help it. Um, so I'm not a, you know, I mean, when I did my first ride, I mean that was in the middle of summer. It got dark late. I would pedal you know, 10 plus hours on that first ride. And I would maybe do 95 kilometers. My biggest day was actually 115. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I was, I was, and I was like nine years younger with a much, much lighter, uh, bike and, and, and gear. So well, you definitely have to be prepared. Uh, the good news is you only have what, maybe four or six weeks and then you can start maybe, uh, shunting some of that gear off. Maybe. No, um, not feeling not, it. Well, I don't, well, not real, not quite because the reality is, is, you know, like, I mean, okay, so we're, so we got, yeah, we got February, we got March, right? That's, you know what I mean? I don't think you want to get rid of winter gear before the end of March. And I mean, even, I mean, and the other thing is, is, I mean, I do kind of hope that my, um, that geographically I start getting a little bit further. Like once I get out of Atlantic Canada, I'm going to try to do a bit of a push to get some some you know get get myself west a bit but you know it's i'm i'm gonna be in northern ontario you know what i mean yeah and so you know the weather can turn on a dime you know what i mean like uh i certainly in that in northern ontario is very isolated so i certainly don't want to be stuck you know so i mean 
I mean, I, maybe at best, at best, maybe when I get to Winnipeg, um, I might start shedding some some gear. But like, I'm in Halifax, so I have a few miles ahead of me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, but anyways, actually, that's what I did want to sort of mention is is just that, um, like I said, this ride, I thought just pure misery, just grind it out. Either you're strong enough or you're not. Um, and the thing was, is so basically the way this ride has evolved, I had zero expectation. I, I had no idea what was going to happen. And and I, I mean, I guess basically I, I call it the magic. The magic started to happen. First, as far as the riding goes, just personally, um, you know, Newfoundland is a very difficult province, like in the sense it's fairly mountainous. And I had obviously, I'm very heavy. I did have to push my bike over at least three mountains a day, if not more. Um, but, you know, I, I, I did Newfoundland. I made it and, and whatnot. Um, I actually had some really, I had, I stuck to the Trans Canada because of the year. And obviously, you know, there's not really other options unless you want to go way, way, way off, which was not my plan at this time of year. So I basically just crossed Newfoundland along the, along the, the Trans Canada, had a few pretty cool interactions with some people. Um, but then when I got into Nova Scotia, there was a few people that I actually knew from past acquaintances. But once I got over the causeway heading towards Anaconish and Glasgow, um, that's where the locals started literally coming out of the woodwork. Um, I mean, so I've been on the road basically, like I don't include Christmas because I was at my parents for a little over a week or whatever, but I've basically been on the road for about 65 days. And I've only actually had to camp about 30 of those days. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it's what it's literally been. It's literally been locals offering me a place to stay. Um, it just it, it, it started a little bit as I because I basically did the northern shoreline of, of Nova Scotia. I didn't do Cape Breton because of the time of year, but I basically stuck to the northern shoreline of, of Nova Scotia to the bridge to PEI. And then um, I, I basically did, I went to my parents to, they're, they're in the east, but I, so I did East Point, then North Cape to, to, to West Cape, and then back to the bridge, and then I'm back in Nova Scotia. But I've, I've actually added to my mileage. Like I said, I was, I was just going to go to Fortune Bridge where my parents are by Surrey, and then go back to the bridge. I ended up basically going, doing the entire island, like 750 kilometers um, in, on, on the island. And I and I'm adding like almost 800 kilometers just to Nova Scotia. Um, all of a sudden, sort of word like, well, PI is very small. Everyone kind of knows each other, and you know, half of them, you know, in, in the areas, they're all related to each other, kind of deal. And they just started putting me up. Um, people started handing me money. Uh, complete strangers giving me a place to sleep. Um, and that and that, you know, and even when I got into Nova Scotia. I thought hmm, some of the areas I'm going are pretty isolated. You know, uh, PI okay is really small. It made sense. Um, this one section, I, I had a I had a place to sleep in Amherst, Nova Scotia. And for those familiar with Nova Scotia, I went Amherst to Joggins to Advocate along the the Bay of Fundy shoreline. All extra mileage. Um, and anyways, I thought when I leave when I leave Amherst, you know, I'm camping the whole way because no one will have heard me about me or nothing. And I did camp between Joggins and Advocate because it's a very isolated area. There is no homes. Um, actually, my gear, my gears froze. I didn't have the bottom six gears, so I had to push my bike over every single hill. Oh, there was two. There was two inches of snow, 
because um, they don't plow the area. Um, <clears throat> and then when I got into Advocate, like the magic just went on overdrive. Um, I pull up to this gas pump and it looks like it's a grocery, like everything's very small right there. So there's a grocery store, small restaurant and a gas pump. And I asked the guy, because uh, I don't know if, because a lot of restaurants are closed seasonally. So I asked the guy, is, is this, I said, are you local? He said, yeah. I said, is this where I, is this the only restaurant or is there anything else open down the road? And he said, so is this better than trucking? And oh, do you recognize you? And I, I just, I didn't quite, I, I, I heard him, but I just didn't know where, like it just took me, it took me by surprise. So, um, and I said something about, and, and, he, and I said, so this is where to go for food. And he said, yeah. And then he goes, I've been following you since Anna Tignish or something. Like, I, he goes, I've been following you for a while. Oh, that's awesome. Like, oh, okay. All right. So the question made sense because he knew I was a truck. I was like, oh, I said, oh, yeah, this is way better than truck driving. Um, anyways, we started talking. And I told him I was having a problem with my bike and, and my gears were frozen. And uh, he pulled out some locked icer. And he said, here you go. And... Uh, fix my bike in a heartbeat nice. um anyways i went in the ref i went in the restaurant decided i was going to stay there for a bit uh till the night because i had a two tough days to push i basically had to push my bike for a day and a half over these hills and so i was kind of physically done for the day stayed at this restaurant till they closed at eight o'clock uh i'm loading my bike because i always try to take advantage of, of you know with my laptop work on blogs and this and that and I'm loading my bike, and, and I didn't realize at the time, but the, the guy behind the cache was asking me. He was the owner. He was like, where are you going to camp? I said, well, I'm either going to camp on that side of the building or this side. <laughs> that way I can come here. That way I can be here for breakfast. And this lady that was, was uh, caching out, she, um, she just looked at me, and she's like, um, I got a warm bed for you. Um, she's like, I don't, like, I just, I've been a little bit ill lately, but... And I live at my mom's right now. I'm just staying at my mom's right now. But my house is a mile down the road. And uh, I'll show you around. And, and, then, and then I'll be on my way. And so anyways, I pedaled up to her place. And she showed me around. She's like, all right, just make sure you don't lock the door when you go behind you and whatever. And, uh, and, and then the next morning, I go back to the restaurant for breakfast. I got my breakfast on the house. And there was a message from another stranger that's following me in Parsboro that there was a, um, a warm bed there. And so pedaled, well, I had to push. There's a, it's very mountainous between Advocate towards Parsboro, and, and, and there was some snow. The road was so slick, I actually had to push my bike over those hills too. So parts of Nova Scotia was almost as like, it hadn't been a long time since I physically had to deal with like that kind of stuff since Newfoundland. But there was another bed waiting for me in Parsboro. I actually spent two nights there because they were calling for a pretty bad storm to come into Nova Scotia. Um, anyways, during that stay, there was another message for another bed in Great Village. And then when I left Parsboro, actually, that's when the snowstorm hit. It was just minus 28 blowing snow. Oh. It was just, it was relentless. It was crazy. I mean, I mean, I realized nothing like what out west is getting lately, but it was minus 28. It was like, uh, I don't know. It felt like a hundred mile an hour winds. Anyways, I made it my made it my way to Great Village to, to the, my next warm bed. Um, by that time, then there was another message for Truro. 
uh, trail wasn't too far. I had to get a bike tune up, what whatnot. The next day I get there and I end up, and then they did get a snowstorm, so I ended up spending two nights in Truro. Uh, the next day, or that was then last week, I left um, there and I got my. I did actually did 85 kilometers to Walton. I didn't plan to do that far, but I discovered on Google Maps that there was a restaurant, and uh, so I got myself all the way to Walton, Nova Scotia, and I pull into the and there's a pub and I, and I'm and I go in and I asked the lady, I said, weird question. Like, do you mind if I set my tent up outside, like in the parking lot? And she looked at me like I was completely nuts. She was like, you know what, whatever. You know what I mean? If you're that like, and I, and I mentioned that I was on a bike and she did just, just like, she couldn't, her head kind of blew up a little bit. Like it just, she just, anyways, it was my, and that was actually the second time I did the coldest I've camped so far is minus 14 celsius and so it was minus 14 that night and this lady felt so bad the next morning she actually came in extra early because it's a pub they don't serve breakfast um, she actually came in served me breakfast and then when i went to pay it was on the house plus she handed me the 20 dollar bill back from supper the night before because she felt so bad that i had to, <laughs> that i slept outside well you know that's um, pretty amazing you're gonna i think you're gonna find that that magic all across uh, Canada, I'm sure, and wherever you're going. Yeah. And it goes without saying that when when you get out here, Canmore area, if you're going to be passing through here, whether it be on your south your uh, south leg when you're heading down to Argentina. But uh, yeah, Canmore, Banff, Invermere, just I'm sure you're going to find some warm beds. You can certainly sleep on my futon if you come through this area. So <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, no, it just, I the, the thing was is I had no expectation. Like, I really didn't. Um, whenever I stop somewhere to maybe warm up, um, you know, maybe it's like, obviously people are, are asking questions and, you know, and there's always, always somebody walks by where it's like, oh yeah, I saw you on Facebook. Um, because obviously out here in Atlanta, Canada, it's so small. Everyone knows everybody. It's, um, just honestly, everywhere I go, someone knows about me. That's amazing. Um, yeah, no, it really is. And it just, I mean, actually I had, you know what, I just, I'd love to give this other story. It's so cool. I am staying, I call him a super fan. This guy, his name is Dale Spence. He's been following me from the beginning. He's in Halifax. I spent the first two days at, at his place. Uh, the second day we went, he had to do some errands. So we ran to the grocery store and this lady, um, uh, actually I should just sort of get it. Uh, this lady in the grocery store is walking by. And she has this hat, and I read the hat, and it says, The Bicycle Thief. And I mean, how cool is it to see a hat that says, The Bicycle Thief? So I'm reading the hat, and in my head, I'm going, That is so cool. Before I could finish my thought, Dale goes, Ma'am, 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 can, can I show my friend your hat? Um, this is the hat. So this uh, is the Bicycle thief. thief. Okay. Is it a band? So he's like... What's that? Is it a no? Band? It's actually it's actually a very very high scale restaurant. Oh, interesting. Um, very high scale. Anyways, he's like, ma'am, 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 I need to show my friend your hat, kind of deal, because he thought maybe I didn't see it. And he goes, um, uh, he's uh, he. I said, this guy here right now is biking across Canada, and she just went, do you want my hat? <laughs> he, he didn't. He did not even finish the sentence, and this lady's like, do you want my hat? And, uh, I said, I said, we need to, we need to do a picture. Cause I always try to do pictures with, you know, these kinds of interactions. Yeah, and she's like, Oh no, no, my hair is too messy. Like, 
She did not want to take a photo because she wasn't wearing, because her, her hair was too messy without her hat. And this is the hat she gave me right off her head. I said, well, how about, how about we put your hat back on, do the photo, and, and, and you know, and she's like, yeah, we can do that. That's, I mean, how crazy, like, how crazy is that? Yeah. You're going to have those encounters all the way across Canada, I think. For yeah, sure. So I don't and I gonna, didn't expect they're going to be most welcome. I think with the weather you're you're going to encounter, I'm sure. So yes. when do you hit the road again? Um. Well. So yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of dying to hit the road as soon as possible. Literally, I am. Um. But this, like, there's, yeah. I mean, like, I had a few people that wanted to meet me, kind of deal here in Halifax. They've been following my ride, kind of deal. And um, I always do. Basically, one thing I do is I always uh, try to accommodate. You know, anyone that's, you know, if that was the one thing I, I you know, because like I said, I didn't expect this to evolve the way it has. And, you know, like initially I did not have nearly this many mile kilometers uh, planned for this, for Atlantic Canada. It was basically, kind of, you know, I'm trying to head out west. And so I've, I've added, you know, in, in total I've had, I've added, well, it's got to be 800 in Nova Scotia and there's got to be at least 400. It's just 12 to 1300 kilometers. I've just added just to interact with locals. Awesome. I'm uh, sure it's not going to be the last, uh, the last time you add kilometers to your route. I'm sure there's going to be a lot. Of yeah. Time. Yeah. No. Well, so, somewhere along the line, I probably have to cut a few or I'll be on the, I'll be on my bike for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Sounds kind of nice was, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, midway through my PI, um, mileage, um, I realized, I, I, I realized, you know, as like I said, these are just, not expecting these things all of a sudden I realized because someone offered me something like a place to stay you know in another town with the relative and I hummed and hawed for a minute because I just I I didn't know if I needed a place you know what I mean like the weather wasn't that bad and I actually believe it or not I actually miss being in my tent sometimes um, even in this weather um, and I hummed and hawed and she said well just message me if, if you change your mind or if you you know and I got down the road a few minutes and I thought about it and I was like, holy smokes, Ari, you don't say no to anything. Like as soon as a local says, hey, you just say yes to whatever. Um, and so that is my new philosophy, my new policy that, um, I mean, as long as I'm not going crazy, crazy off my route, because um, it is kind of a weird time of year to be going like way off your mm. route kind of deal. Um, but as long as someone does not uh, invite me like way off my route like basically if a local says hey i say yes um and anything i can do to accommodate uh i i, I do um and so uh yeah uh you know people are yeah, awesome so I, people are awesome asking, that's right, right. Yeah. I just lost, you were asking about halifax and so anyways the, i was here for two days and i hung out with a guy that's been following me from day one and that was, you know, it was great to hang out with him and meet him finally. And he messages me almost every day privately, literally. Um, that's how close. I mean, he, he, he knew my blog posts better than I knew them, uh, <laughs> literally. Um, so I, I hung out with him for two days. And then I went to another family and uh, hung out with them for a day. Um, we actually went to Pier 21 with actually one of their friends um, kind of deal. And so today's Sunday. So I've just sort of been chilling because... Um, there is an aspect like there's, an, I need to get on the road to just process all the generosity I've received. Like in particularly in the last, the last two weeks, 
in one sense has literally been overwhelming mm. between so like you know between the hat and these people like reaching out to me before I'm even in, anywhere near their town um like I had one guy he shook my hand with a hidden $50 bill in his hand so wow. his friends wouldn't see I had yeah like a 50 like this like Generosity. so his friends would yeah it's amazing yeah um I had it I had a lady you know uh thank me for stopping to take photos with her. Um, you know, she's going through a medical procedure because I actually, I didn't realize this. I just, I just, I said, thank you so much. It meant so much to me that you actually took time to pull over. And and she's like, no, actually, uh, you know, I've got, you know, I've, I've got this medical procedure and it, and you know what, meaning you actually distracted me from that. And it's like, I don't know how you, I, like, how do you process that? Like, I'm just trying to do my thing that I, have been planning, you know, for so long. And, you know, it just, it's just, I don't know. I just, it's grat it's just, it's gratitude, man. It's just, people are just spreading oh, yeah. love and gratitude to you. And, oh yeah. No. And, like uh, if you, if you follow my, if you follow my, 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 my timelines on, on Facebook, cause like I said, I, I mean, I do blog about all of it, but in the moment I post these, you know, and you just scroll through, it's just, it's one photo after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, after another, it, I, it's just, I mean, I've got 50 photos of interactions with locals and their generosity. It's going to take you, you know, forever to get water. across Canada, man. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Do you, um, do you do the warm showers thing? Do you know what? It's funny because, well, not, I, I have signed up for it, but it's very hard for me to schedule anything. Mm, of course. It'd be one of those things, like, I think, where you'd roll into town and you'd pull out your device and be like, you know, shopping for a place to stay probably because you can't, yeah. well, you're right. You can't really schedule it because you don't know where, where you're yeah, going to be. Yeah, because I don't know what's, I don't know what's in front of me as far as hills. I don't know what's in front of me as far as weather. I mean, even getting to Halifax, I mean, I like I said, I don't like to pedal in the dark if I can help it, but I had to pedal in the dark in, to get into Halifax because halfway through on my day, I got, I stopped, I stopped at a Tim Hortons to just grab a coffee quickly. There was a message from someone in the same town. It was Mount Uniac. It's just a small little town. And there's a message that says, hey, I'm in Mount Uniac. Can you please message me when you get in town? I'd love to meet you. Well, five minutes later, I, well, I messaged, I'm at the Tim Hortons right now. Five minutes later, he shows up. Uh, he invites me here, there. We, he ends up taking me to the pub, you know, and fish and chips on the, uh, you know, he pays for my fish and chips and a couple beers. Um, you know, it, I don't know how to schedule these things because I don't know what I'm going to, you know, because I was, you know, in Prince Edward Island, I had that. Um, I did a CBC uh, uh, online, uh, or there's an interview done that became a CBC online article, and a guy recognized me on the road. He passed me with his pickup truck, um, pulled into his driveway, jumped out of his truck, and, and by that time, I was almost at his place. He was waiting. He's like, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> you know, and then I, I only got 20 kilometers down the road that day, Funny. and, I, and I, slept, I slept in his spare room because all sorts, all of a sudden, these locals started coming out of the woodwork, and... You know, and, and then you don't know when the storms are going to hit because then sometimes, you know, then you're stuck in a place for two days. Uh, so it is very challenging to, to, to schedule. But uh, I need, I do, I have, like, I have to go to Mountain Equipment Co-op. I was, I have been having some issues with, with my tent and I have to return some uh, bike tires um, kind of deal. And so there's a few things I, that's the thing, there's, there's, a, there's a small handful of things I'd like to do in, in, in Halifax and I haven't even had a chance yeah. to do those. So I think probably realistically, I, I'm going to probably leave Halifax Tuesday 
Um, and so tonight, today's Sunday, so I'll probably be in for another two days. Um, but I am, the, the reality is, is I am raring to get back on the road. Um, I feel like I'm cheating when I'm not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You'll get there though. So what yeah, can yeah, you. No, I'll get, yeah, no, no, I'll get there. But I, I mean, I do spend, um, I do spend a, a tremendous amount of time with the documenting, um, which seems to be working in my favor. Yeah. Um, cause I'm, I'm getting the, res- well, I'm getting a, a, a tremendous response that I never anticipated. Um, but the thing is, is when it comes to the documenting, you know, I do, a, I do a little bit of GoPro, but I just, I, I, I actually pedaled my bike all across Newfoundland, never even pulled my GoPro out once cause I never learned how to turn it on. I'm not really technologically advanced. Um, and I don't even know what to do. Like I have done some video, but I actually don't even really know what to do with the video cause uh, I just don't know how to work software and this and that. Um, but I like to take photos and uh, I do like to blog. I like to write. And, you know, so when I stop somewhere, I've got 15 things going on at once. I'm taking photos off my phone. I'm taking them off my camera. I'm uploading them to Dropbox. I'm sorting them. You know, I'm uploading them to Flickr. I'm putting them on Facebook. Um, I'm writing at the same time. You know, I just, I mean, I've been on the road 65 days. I think I have like 60 blog posts. Um, So I do a fair amount. Now, some of those were from before I, I started the ride to get myself in the habit of writing. But um, I do a fair amount of writing. And so, yeah, when I pull, and admit that's the other thing is though, is when I come to a home, when, when someone invites me in their, in their home, uh, the phone gets put down. Like I, you know, I'm not on oh, my phone. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's that whole um, idea of being present, right? Being present with the people. Yes, no, exactly. And... Exactly. So usually do you have anything? Passes, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, usually, you know, usually right before I go to bed, but I mean, sometimes the conversations tend to go quite deep. They want a lot of stories, you know what I mean? And so, but it's sometimes I don't, that's the other, sometimes I'm not getting to bed till like 1 a.m. And, and, and so, uh, you know, usually my mornings are actually a fairly late start. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I am a, uh, as weird as it sounds, I am a very busy guy on the road. <laughs> no, that's um, fantastic. Hey, you know what I think we should do? You sent me a, a voice memo there, uh, last week and I appreciate it. And it's probably going to be in oh. the, in the, probably not on your, your podcast, but probably the next one okay. I'm going to put out. Okay. But, uh, would you send me, promise me that you'll send me those semi-regularly so we can keep track okay. and keep tabs on you? Would yes. you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Cause I think there is a lot of interest, right? A lot of people are interested in, in how you're progressing and, and yeah. stories about your trail magic and whatnot. And I even, I'd even like to maybe set up another call with you, like, Oh, absolutely. You know, not, absolutely. not a weekly thing, but you know, when you get down the road and you find yourself kind of parked in a spot for a few days, if you want to chat for maybe not like, like a longer one like this, but like 20 minutes, let us know how things are oh, going. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I, like I said, I, like this has really been a, like every aspect has been such a new experience. I mean, like the one in 2011, that ride, you know, I just, I just went and did it. And obviously I learned a tremendous amount and it was just an amazing experience, but that ride was nothing like what this has been. And, and, um, you know, I mean, prior to this, the coldest I had ever camped was mid October at Algonquin park. Right. That was the coldest I'd ever camped. Um, you know, like I said, I've done two nights minus 14 Celsius, which I realize, you know, people in Alberta are going, it's minus 30, <laughs> uh, right now. Like you think minus 14, it's like, well, you know what, for a guy that, for a guy that hates cold, um, you know what I mean? Minus 14 is a pretty cold night. Yeah. Um, and at least the locals, I mean, at least the locals out here think it's pretty cold. Yeah. So I, I, my, my, my legend, my legend grows out here. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, if people want to find you, what's the easiest place that people can find you to keep tabs on your adventure? Yeah. Um, well, so my website is safariari.ca. Um, that's A-R-I-E. So safariari.ca. Um, and I do have, a obviously, a, a Facebook fan page, Safari Ari. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty... I'm pretty active with, 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 um, with my content. Um, you know, everything does eventually obviously make its way to Facebook. Um, you know, like any blog post gets, get, uh, shared to my, to my, to my page. Um, so that is probably the, the, the two best places is the website and, and the, and Facebook fan page. I do have Instagram, but I'm a little bit old for Instagram, which means I don't really like Instagram. It's kind of a pain. I like Instagram more than Facebook. So all, I mean, I know you can do multiple photos, but it's just you know you do a photo and you got all you're doing is doing hashtags, and I don't know. And and the Fair thing enough. is, is it's just um, I like to do I like when I like I mean other than my hosts kind of deal when it comes to photos, usually I do like photo albums kind of deal because you know I am you know, 2,600 kilometers so far, I, I do take quite a few photos. Yeah. So, you know, I usually post an album with, you know, 20 plus photos at a time kind of deal of, you know, different sections or areas, you know, across Atlantic Canada kind of deal. Um, well, it's, a, it's but, uh, still there. Yeah. It's an amazing yeah, adventure. Yeah. Um, any, any final words, any inspirational or people who are thinking about uh, taking off on a journey like this, what would you tell them? Um, well, I, I, I actually, well, because I mean, like I said, when I started preparing for this ride, um, I did do a bit of promotion on the various Facebook groups, uh, like the bike ride ones. Um, and so I do know that there is quite a few bike people following me and I, and, and, you know, I get, I've gotten, you know, and actually that's what I even sort of backtrack is I even do blog posts of some of my comments, um, I, I usually take a screenshot when, you know, scrolling through my phone. It's for me, it's important to at least acknowledge everyone that does send a message. Um, and then some of them, of course, I obviously comment and, and reply type thing, but I, I do take a screenshot of my favorite comments and then those form a, a blog post kind of deal. Um, and a lot of people have reached out that, you know, they're actually biking in the winter now because of me. Um, and so I kind of joke with some of the locals that think this is crazy. I said, well, you know what? Don't be surprised if uh, you start seeing more people on their bikes at this time of year, you know, with their tent and sleeping bag, um, you know, because, you know, people are obviously following and watching. And, and, you know, and that's the other thing about Atlantic Canada. I mean, and then I'll say that this I'll also say this. I'll be the first to say I have been the luckiest guy in the world when it comes to weather. Um, I don't think I could have played this winter out better than it has. I mean, it, winter has shifted where the snow is now accumulating and whatnot and getting deeper and this and that. But I got very, 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 very lucky when it, when it came to, you know, the first part of this ride in the winter. Um, but you know, as far as like Atlantic Canada goes, these shoreline roads, they've got no traffic on them mm. for the most part. So they're really nice and quiet. You know what I mean? So, you know, you can stay off the highways as far as like, if you were going to like do a, a bike tour, uh, you can stay off the highways. Um, obviously my timeline proves the locals are as friendly as all get out. Uh, the only challenge that you do have sometimes 
is that a lot of the restaurants are seasonal mm. and so they're closed season. Now that being said, the one thing I have learned for sure that I hate, I hate cooking in this weather. So as a rule, <laughs> I will tough. do anything. I will do anything I possibly can not to cook. And so actually since le- so in the 2600 kilometers since leaving November 12th St. John's, I've only cooked four times. Oh wow. Um, so I have been able to make it to restaurants that are open, but you know, like I said, this, this, there's, a, you know, certain areas, you know, the, the North Cape, the West Cape kind of PI, you know, in no, like there's certain areas where the restaurants are closed for the season kind of deal, cool. but the roads are very quiet from traffic because it's not tourist season. Um, and so when it comes to Atlantic Canada, uh, it's hard not to recommend or suggest that being said, the year that, you know, I, like I might suggest, you know, like it's easy for me to suggest come on out here and bike in the winter. But the year you guys, you know, whoever's listening might pick, they might have six feet of snow by yeah. Christmas. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You um, never know. Just be prepared, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just just be prepared. But um, yeah, I mean, the locals, some of them said like, this has got to be the, like, this is the worst time. Like, how can you do this year? This, <laughs> like, this is the wrong time. It's like, no, actually, it's the, it's the right time yeah. um, because, you know, if I was pedaling in, in the middle of summer, you know, likely I would not be noticed, you know, because I would be just like all the other cycle tourists. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they're very friendly out here, but I don't know if I'd get the same level of generosity if, if this was June or July um, because people would know, oh, he's just biking and it's summertime, so he's good. Yeah. You know, um, you know and that's the thing is it's the warm beds that I get in the winter that are just making this ride what they are because, you know, I end up spending an entire evening, sometimes two days with these locals. You know what I mean? I, you wouldn't, you really, you know, I mean, I, it's one, I know some guys it's about getting the miles and getting across Canada, you know, in X amount of weeks, they're on a schedule. Um, I'm not really on a schedule in, in the grand scheme of things. And so I get that opportunity to invest and spend the time with the locals you know, in the evening and, and it's been, you know, it's been phenomenal. And, and the thing is, is it's, there's been some situations where, you know, these people have actually literally come out of their comfort zone to help me. Like they, it, the only reason they helped me was because it was like, you know, minus whatever. And it's not that they're not friendly, but they just went, wow, I have to respond to, you know, to this guy's situation. Like there's just no way I can let this guy camp in this kind of weather. So they will like, respond completely out of their comfort zone which you know is, is obviously a healthy thing for for all people to to, to leave their comfort zone on occasion so yeah. well man canadians are uh, we're a generous group of people and uh, oh yeah i think you're gonna continue to receive that generosity yeah, uh, oh, yeah. across for the country sure. and like i say when you when you come out here definitely definitely keep in touch let us know where you are where you're going to be and we'll we'll get you a warm a warm shower and a warm bed yeah, yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And, and yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to keep in contact. Yeah, do it. Um, I'll be honest, since I got on the bike, I, I haven't been listening. I haven't had a, the opportunity to listen to podcasts. But when I um, uh, when I was in the truck, I would listen to podcasts for eight hours solid yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of deal. Well, they're a great to way to learn, that's for sure. Yeah, no, yeah. And I would, you know, I mean, actually, I learned about K-Lights and Bar Mitz on, on, on your guys' podcast. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. So, yeah, no. Well, Ari, I want to thank you for reaching out to Sarah, and I'm really glad we were able to connect this morning. 
And yeah. uh, no. I wish awesome. you all the best moving forward in the next few days on your trip. And awesome. uh, yeah, I expect I expect to hear some more voice intros from you, and we will definitely uh, reconnect to have another conversation in the future. Awesome. All right. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, Ari. Thanks. All right. All right. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Well, as usual, I want to thank Ari again for his time, and thank all of you for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, quite the storyteller, I must say. <laughs> I don't know when I look at the um, when I look at the waveforms when I'm editing, uh, I can often tell. Uh, in those podcasts, whether I've uh, talked too much. And uh, in this one, man, I just let them go, man. I just let them flow with that combo. Lots of good stories to tell and uh, quite the therapeutic journey for Ari. Uh, so I wish him all the best. I, I hope I see him, actually. I hope he comes through my area because it'd be cool to uh, to do another podcast with Ari and uh, just to see how the rest of his journey went since we talked uh, this winter. So I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully he'll reach out when the time comes. You can follow him on Facebook, Ari Hugerbrug, and you can uh, you can check out his adventure there. He's got lots of photos of the great people that he's met across the way, and uh, the kindness of strangers, man, it just gives me hope. Gives me hope for this world. <laughs> Pretty privileged to be able to ride across the country like that, and uh, I'm sure he's going to have a great time. So remember, reach out to me, bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. If you send me a voice intro, I'll get it on the show, and I love hearing your feedback. And uh, please go to uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening on and give us a five-star rating and a review. Helps us grow. And um, I want to thank Rebound Cycle for their support. By supporting me, you're supporting the Bike Pack Canada podcast, and I really appreciate it. Um, Great bike shop. I'm not sure. uh, Obviously, there's a lot of people from all across Canada um, who don't really get the chance to go into Rebound. Uh, unfortunately, maybe they should expand. Maybe they should franchise their business. But anyway, I want to thank them. Uh, they have great customer service. They have a great lineup of product. And uh, they're also very helpful. Every time I've gone in there, it's uh, I get a smile and uh, I get great service. So check them out. Now, I can't promise I'm going to get these podcasts out once a week, but uh, it is definitely a goal of mine, something I'm working towards. And uh, you might be able to help me, but uh, we'll see. I've got some plans. We'll see how it goes. But for now, um, I'm trying to set the expectation of getting two out per month, but, uh, I just want you to know that, uh, I'm really trying to get them out as fast as I can. And, uh, I really hope you're enjoying it. So until next time, get out there, ride bikes, sleep in the woods and keep the rubber side down. <laughs>